This is the day the Lord has made. I'll tell you this, I came up this morning, I thought I had to call the plumber, there was water all over the ground outside. And someone said, no, it rained. It did not rain this morning, did it? It, it couldn't have rained. We haven't seen rain in 10 years around here. Uh, I went over and I looked at it, I took a picture of it. Uh, I, I tasted it, 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 it was water. <laughs> uh, so uh, what a surprise, but we need a little more. So let's get a little bit more, and, uh, but it was delightful to have. Thank you for being here today as we worship God. We now lift up our prayers, our worship, and our thoughts as we are called to worship before the Almighty God of heaven and earth. And would you stand as we join in our hymn of celebration number 731, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken.
One of the very beautiful but oftentimes unseen places in our church is our Samson Prayer Chapel. A lot of people don't see it because you have to go down actually this way through the Bishop Kennedy room to get there from the inside or all the way to the outside from the Alton Hall side to get to the entrance. But it's a place where a lot happens. We have intimate baptisms, weddings, memorial services there. We have opportunity for prayer groups and Bible study groups to meet there. We have our weekly prayer team that meets there, praying over the joys and concerns that you give us each week, as well as those who come in on the prayer chain. And one of the things about that room is makes it so special. It's a place of solace. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of peacefulness. But one of the things we've looked for several years to be a part of that room was something that could go on the wall to remind us in a beautiful way about why we were there. To that end, one of the members of our church, Beverly Wilson, had an idea to share with us. And Bev, I'm going to ask you to come down here and <coughs> step up here because I want you to see the artist. Right up here. You're coming all the way up, Bev. <laughs> I have been many times to the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And one of the times when I was there by myself, I would go down on mornings and I would go to the Mount of Olives and I would pray at the Garden of Gethsemane. And as the sun would rise on the old city of Jerusalem, you were brought very close to God. And so this picture, which is such a, a beautiful rendition of the Garden of Gethsemane, but was something that's part of Bev's insight and her spirit that was working through this picture because the scene of the garden is perfect. The road that's in the picture is not quite like the real one. But what she did with that little road that you make your path through the garden is, you see that it forms a cross. And I said, that is exactly what prayer is about in the Garden of Gethsemane or in our prayer chapel that we always meet at the foot of the cross. And I just want to thank Bev for such a, a wonderful way of portraying Something that every time people come into our prayer chapel, they'll be reminded that the Garden of Gethsemane is a place of peace, always brings us to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. So we want to thank you for this beautiful painting that you are going to allow us to hang in our prayer chapel, and I would like to offer a blessing and consecration for it. And so, gracious God, we give you thanks for Bev, for her heart that uh, follows you, for a vision she had of this picture, this wonderful symbol of being called to prayer at the foot of the cross. And so as everyone who enters that room, may they find solace because of this picture and in it help them to focus in prayer as they come to see you. And now we simply ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank Dad. you. God bless you. <laughs> It was a real honor to do this for the yeah. church, and uh, I thank you for having people ask me to do it. Great. I'm just tickled that I could. I've never been to the Garden of Gethsemane, although I've been to Israel, mm -hmm. but I did look uh, at a lot of pictures online, and some people have been there, shared their pictures with me, and between all of the, the pictures that I looked at, I finally came up with this, and I was really inspired. It mm -hmm. was fabulous to do, so... Thank you. Thank Give her a nice hand.
As we now come to our time of prayer, I would invite you to turn in your hymn books to our prayer hymn as we join together in hymn 2207 in the black hymnal, 2207, Lord, listen to your children. Let us pray. Eternal God, we come to the foot of the throne of your grace this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And in these moments of prayer, O oh God, we indeed remember that prayer is not an obligation. Prayer is not something we have to do. Prayer is not something we are compelled to to do prayer is a gift to do. A gift, O oh God, by which we might come into your presence and, O oh God, to meet you here once more today. To understand that thou who art the Lord of heaven and earth, the creator of all that is, that we yet have an intimate relationship with you because of prayer. And that none of us might ever feel that this is something that compels us by only and accept open hearts needing your presence and your love to be with us. And so, Lord, we gather once more today as your church, gathered together as your people, being reminded once more at the Garden of Gethsemane that it is here at the foot of the cross 
that we continue to meet you. Might we find in every day of our lives, whether it is here at home, whether it's any place that we find ourselves, yet, O oh God, at the foot of the cross, we will find you. And so, Lord, we take these next moments of simple silence that each one of us might find ourselves at the foot of that cross and simply in the power and the wonder of your presence acknowledge that you are God. Once more, O oh Lord, we discover that in a moment of time, in prayer, we touch the hem of eternity. And we give you thanks. Even now, in the name of him, by whose authority and strength we continue to pray as centuries of faithful have, of those in every language, every country, every place, praise once more this day the words that you have taught us as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the ushers come forward as we receive our morning's gifts, tithes, and offerings.
God, we give you thanks and praise for these, our gifts, tithes, and offerings. We ask that you will continue to bless these as we are faithful to serve your ministry in this community and throughout this world. For it's in your Son, Jesus Christ, name and pray. Amen. Amen.
listen and hear our reading from the word of God. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us, according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our, for our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is God's word for God's people. May we pray. Glorious Lord, we give you thanks and praise for the reading of your word that continues to touch hearts and lives. May we have ears to hear and a willingness to receive that message. Thank you for this day that we might join together in community and in fellowship and in worship in your presence. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Over the last several weeks, we've been working through our stewardship series, uh, looking at the different letters that spell steward, leading up to our consecration Sunday next week. And during this series, we've looked at some of the major components of membership or, or what's asked of members within the church. For example, S, stewardship. You know, that's our service, our tithing, our gifts, evangelism, our witness, worship, adoration and praise being our prayer. Well, today we get to look at the letter R. So in true fashion, give me an R. 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 I have to ask you, since today's letter is R, what's a pirate's favorite letter? R. Actually, no, a pirate's favorite letter is C. They love the C. (laughs) What's a a one-legged pirate's favorite letter? The letter P, it only has one leg, not both. (laughs) Those are all the pirate jokes, I promise. (laughs) I've got a bunch more pirate jokes if you ask me on the way out. As we continue our series, R represents our need for relationships with others, especially the relationships that we build within our church. To state the obvious, in order to really build strong relationships, you need to be present. And this is that last component of membership. Our presence is vital in relationship. Have you ever noticed it's virtually impossible to have a really strong, solid relationship with someone if you're never around? If there's not some sort of constant communication or constant contact, having those relationships are really hard to maintain. In fact, if you think about it, the church as a community of faith really was founded, was formed on this understanding of relationships. It grew out of relationship. You see, in the Old Testament, God desired relationship with people, that he called people unto his own. He made 
himself become flesh to have that relationship. Jesus' relationship with God, both as human as divine, brought forth reconciliation between God and people. God incarnate was present in this world amongst the people. Jesus' relationship with the disciples, teaching them the good news with which they would then share, for which they would then share to, to people. Jesus spent almost every waking and sleeping moment with his disciples. He was always present with them and amongst the people. The apostles' relationship with every community of faith, every church that they started, though they might not always be near, they constantly reached out in letters or sending people on their behalf to check up on and to see how things were going for individuals and for communities. You, you get the idea. Relationships are vital in the life of the church. And imagine where churches would be if there were no relationships. Conversely, when people are not here, we as a community kind of lose out on all that vital component to the relationship. When people aren't here, we miss something. You know, on a surface level, we miss all that that person has to share and to give in relationship. We miss all of that interaction. You know, I kind of think of it about, or from the perspective of Paul's letters, you know, he says that we're one body, many parts. So I kind of say, kind of in jest, kind of in reality, when someone's missing, does that make us an amputee church? Are we missing a part of our body? On a deeper level, we miss out on the opportunities to learn and to grow together in relationship, in, uh, in relationship to God as well as in relationship to one another when people aren't here. Now we know relationships are vital and we know that they're important for several reasons. Not only in what we receive, but also in what we give to one another in those relationships, in those bonds. By, busy, by, by being physically present, each person plays a vital role in developing those relationships that extend beyond our church walls. It's not just a Sunday morning. It's a seven-day-a-week, 24-hour relationship. You know, I'm always amazed. Have you ever noticed, kind of as an aside, have you ever noticed if you're walking by someone and you say, oh, how are you doing? And you just keep walking and you actually never stop to hear the answer. As you yell out, I'm fine, and you're halfway down the block by the time they answer you. Do we take that time to be present with people? For fun, I decided to Google need for relationships. And in 0.52 seconds, 446 million possibilities came up. So rather than bore you with the details of 446 million websites, let me summarize. First, we are relational people by very nature. Sure, there's some of you who probably like to be alone or like to have people kind of at arm's distance or, or away, but generally speaking, people like to have others around. Try to think of all the me media sites, all the social media sites that have sprung up in recent years, things from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all of these other websites that have come up. There's almost too many to count nowadays. It's funny, because of all these websites, we know that tweeting is no longer a sound that a bird alone makes. In fact, we realize that now it's good to be viral. And if you get thousands of hits, that's a good thing. You can't count your friends on one hand, two hands, or two hands and two feet anymore. And for any of you who text or any of you who uh, are into this Facebook terminology, BTW, AIK, you can AMA, even if IDK, BC, this is FBO, G2G, your BFF. <laughs> 
I had to look it up. I had no, no idea what it said. <laughs> By the way, as far as I know, you can ask me anything, even if I don't know, because this is Facebook official. Gotta go, your best friend forever. <laughs> you can buy a book, a dictionary of terms, just to understand those letters. If any of you are not into social media, if you're not into online social media, think about the people with whom you're closest. Think about the people in your own life that you love to have around you. And imagine for a moment if those people were all gone. We like relationships. Second, relationships are good for your health. At least healthy relationships are. You know, I've read, it, I've read it many times. I've heard it said many times that a good, healthy relationship can lead to fewer mental health issues, can reduce stress, can lessen the amount of heart attacks or the possibility of heart attacks. It can even extend your life. I remember when I was living in New York City, I was listening to a radio station. And it always struck me as odd. I don't know why it was this way. But on that radio station, they said if a man... As he's leaving the house, if a man kisses his wife on the way out the door every morning, generally speaking, he'll extend his life seven years. So I don't know why it's just men. I don't know if it's true for women as well. But if you don't kiss her, it'll be a shorter life. Maybe that's it. But even if it's not true, if you don't extend it, you know, seven years, you know, it's still, it's fun. Kiss away. Um, it's getting hot. Third, <laughs> the joy of relationships is that we get to share memories and we get to share moments together. In relationship, you get to do things together. It reminds me of these two friends, Ned and Ted. They were, you know, their parents were great friends. They were born at the same hospital about the same time. They had spent their entire lives together. But the thing that really drew them close was their love for baseball. Ned was a pitcher, Ted was a catcher, and they went from T-ball through you know, Pee Wee and Little League and Babe Ruth through the minors to the majors. They'd done it all. They'd gone on to manage into their 80s and 90s. They would sit on the porches and they would reminisce about their days in baseball. Well, one day Ted died and Ned was sad. A couple days later, Ted appeared to Ned and said, hey, Ned, and Ned goes, Ted, it's great to see you. I've missed you so. And Ted goes, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And Ned goes, well, what's the good news? He goes, when you get to heaven, there's baseball. You get to play it every day. It's everywhere. And Ned lights up and is excited. He goes, well, well, well then what can the bad news be? Ted goes, you're pitching next inning. <laughs> the joy of relationship is we experience things together. You know, I used to be a recruiter for a Christian ministry in the national parks, and I would travel around the country, and I would get to do some great things. For example, when I was in Dallas, first time ever touching down in Dallas, I was, uh, got my car headed to the hotel, and there was a bungee jumping uh, uh, building, so I decided to stop and bungee jump. Or also when I was in Texas, I got the brilliant idea, hey, I'm in Texas, let's go to Carlsbad Caverns. I didn't realize how big Texas was. But I went out to Carlsbad Caverns. Have you ever noticed, or have you ever found yourself in a situation, you then talk to someone and say, oh, remember that time, only to stop yourself and say, wait a second, you weren't there. That was, you know, I did that alone or whatever. And we don't have those people to share those memories with. Fourth, we gain valuable wisdom and learn about life when we share and when we listen together over the course of our lifetime. Relationships teach us about life 
and love, hopefully how to set boundaries. And they teach us countless things that we can hold to. You know, within the church, the opportunity to build these relationships, to build these ties is great. By being involved in the ministries of our church, the bonds that, that, that form are beyond measure and hopefully form for a lifetime. I think, for example, the music ministry, how much you're together and how much you share together. We used to have the prime timers, and I know many of the individuals of our church who've gone through that continue their friendships to this day. Bible studies, hospitality, so many different things allow for those relationships to happen on a deeper level. By being present on a Sunday morning, we get the privilege to come as a community to hear one another's joys and concerns and to share each other's burdens, but to rejoice for the good times as well. By being present, we get the opportunity to be part of a multi-generational, diverse community of faith who might not always agree on what it means to be a church or how to do church, but we still strive to glorify God in all that we do. Yet we know for a number of reasons, there are plenty of relationships that have yet to form. There are plenty of relationships already existing that are not good, that are not healthy, and plenty of broken relationships as well. And sadly, often the result of these broken relationships is absence. People tend not to want to be near those that they don't like, or they don't want to stay around people with whom they're in conflict. It's that kind of fight or flight mindset. It's easier to walk away, to be absent from, than to remain and be present with someone that, that you're in conflict with in order to bring about steps to bring forth healing in a broken relationship. And this is the heart of the message today, to think about the individuals in your life that you may have walked away from or those that have walked away from you. But it's also to think about people within this church who have chosen to walk away for any one of a number of reasons. But not only to think about it, rather to see how to act on restoring those broken ties in order to allow people to be present in our life, to be present in this community with a desire to see those strong relationships rebuilt and restored you know, and that brings us to the passage this morning, where the focus of this passage is on reconciliation, first to God and then to one another. In the simplest form, reconciliation is simply the restoration of friendly relations. It's synonymous with reunion, bringing together again, or, or offense mending. Reconciliation becomes about restoring that which was broken. So how do we heal broken relationships? How do we invite people back into our lives and into this church in order to see those relationships, in order to see their presence once again? I believe this passage gives us three things that we need to know. Unfortunately, they're not always easy, and they do require something of us, not waiting for someone else, but for us. First, regard no one from human view. At the heart of that sentence, whose lenses are we going to put on? Do we see people with our eyes, or are we willing to see people with God's heart? You know, we can look at people that we're angry at. We can look at people we just don't like or who have hurt us, and we can continue to see them in a specific way or in a specific image. Or we can look at those same people 
with a heart for God and the heart that I believe that God sees them forgiven, accepted, loved, vital part of the family, intimately created. When we see people from a human view, it's easy to hold on to that anger, that hurt, that resentment, that whatever. When we see him with God's eyes, it's a different story. And I know because, too, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. See, everything is become new. This goes for anyone in Christ. Professing faith as disciples of Jesus. Do we hold people's pasts over their heads? Do we or are we willing to trust and see a change within them? Do we truly believe that God can work and do a great work in people that brings forth a transformation? Or when we look at someone, do we continue to see the same old thing? You know, I've shared this before. But I remember back in college, someone, we were talking about, uh, my friend and I were talking about David, the man after God's own heart. And this person looked at me and said, Brian, when I look at you, all I will ever see is a shepherd boy. I'll never see a king. Those words stung back then, but they're a constant reminder now that that's okay. God still has called me to something more. You know, we hear people say all the time, yeah, well, way back in the day, five years ago, 10 years ago, 500 years ago, but if you heard Gary's message last week, he said even five days ago, we are not the same. If we experience God's presence, if we are in God's presence, we cannot be the same. We, by very nature, will be transformed. Our lives will be forever different. Three, in Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him. Please do not show hands, but how many of you keep a ledger? Whether it's in your mind or you physically write it, and I know people who've done this, physically write down all of the transgressions done to them. And they keep record of all the wrongs ever shared in their life by someone. If God through Christ can forgive even sinners like you and me, do we honestly believe that God cannot extend that same forgiveness to someone else? But even from there... We don't always understand it. Well, God can forgive them, but I'm not, because if, if God only knew what they had done, da 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 how do we extend forgiveness to be reconciled? You see, your presence is vital to the life of this church. And it's vital because the relationships that are built and, and reestablished here within the church are far more important outside of these walls than you can ever imagine. You know, I'm blessed, I know Gary is blessed for the opportunity to serve here in ministry and to, to get to hear the hearts of people and, and hear stories. But the greatest joy isn't just getting to hear those stories, it's getting to be alongside people, to walk daily with them in relationship. You see, we look at the world and the state of affairs around the world, there's plenty of broken relationships out there. Imagine if we were to bring that reconciliation, a restored role or restored relationship you see scripture tells us that we're ambassadors for christ if we're if you in your life have a broken relationship seek reconciliation 
because by seeking it, by restoring that relationship, as I said, as ambassadors of Christ, it says, one through whom God is making appeal to this world to be reconciled unto himself. Imagine, imagine the witness that would have in this world. But you two hated each other. You two were, but you're friends? And you're deeper than that? And maybe you have no broken relationships in life. Maybe life is great, and if so, we rejoice with you, and that's awesome. But look around and see the empty seats. See the faces or the people that aren't here, that once sat in those same seats. Maybe they moved. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they were hurt and walked away. Maybe there's someone that you could reach out to with a phone call or a letter, simply being present in their lives in order to remind them that they're missed, that we're thinking of them, that we love them, that we noticed. That's relationship. You see, the joy of, the joy of being a part of this community isn't that we're always gonna get it right, but that we're allowed to be present and we're allowed to continue in relationship with one another. May we pray. Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise that you have called us unto you, that we have been reconciled through Christ, and that by that reconciliation, you allow us to be in relationship with one another. It's not always gonna be pretty, it's not always gonna be easy, and it's not always gonna feel right. But even there, you can mend and heal. You can call us closer to one another, that we can bring glory to you in all of our imperfection. We know that you are still perfect. So glorious God, we ask that you meet us here today. Stir in our hearts a desire to reconcile, to be in relationship, to be your living presence in this world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. I want to invite you to stand as we join in our hymn of dedication. Ye watchers and ye holy ones will sing the first and the fourth verse.
invite you to take a moment and reach out and take another's hand. And as we join together in that presence to one another, as we gather in fellowship, as we gather in God's presence, may we know that we are one in union with God. Receive now the choral benediction and blessing. Go forth in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to make disciples in the transformation of the world. Amen. Amen. Amen.